2: All right, welcome back to the outdoor drive podcast. This is episode number ninety four yes i said ninety four that is now uh six away from one hundred if you we're guys all- did not know the math we're we're almost down to one hound
1: counting to get to a hundred
2: i know isn't that crazy yeah
1: i i i gotta quit
2: using my toes i know it and you would think it the, the, i mean it happens so quickly yeah i mean it really did. And, and remind you, that was only one episode a week.
1: For the most part. I know during the pandemic, I think we had a couple weeks stretch that we did too, but
2: yeah, to kind of keep the ears open for everybody so that they could kind of have oh, something to keep positivity go around. But,
1: but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. We're
2: all one on hundred, dude. And we got a lot of really awesome things coming up for the hundred, a lot of big changes. Um, You guys might've noticed something in the bonus episode between in the past week here. Um, There was something that kind of changed already. So um, give us your thoughts on it. We'd like to hear kind of, I mean, what do you say, Steve? Like we want to hear back what you think of the, The change, the start of the change, because that's kind of like the start of the twist of everything.
1: Yeah. And and at this point, that's kind of why we threw it in there. One, it was a special episode, but at the same time, it was a a perfect situation to take a test change and throw it out there and see what kind of feedback we get on it so we can make some tweaks and adjustments and fine tuning. So uh, if you noticed it, let us know your thoughts. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're still fine tuning. It's not going to be finalized till 100, but really want to see what you guys thought. It's something that we've been building towards and wanted to make for a little
2: while, and it's been fun. I ain't gonna lie. There's a ton of huge, big changes. A lot of cool things coming coming out. We have the opportunity to work with a couple different people. You'll be able to hear a podcast in a a different place. Um, there's a new platform that we're working with right now to kind of get things going. So kind of cool, kind of new, um, a little bit different. Um, there's going to be, I'm not going to get too much into it, but just pay attention. Um, because there's a lot of awesome things coming up, um, once we hit the 100 mark. So just yep. pay attention. Um, some, I don't know, y'all going to want to just, we're, we're just having fun with it. We are. We are. We're, we're having a blast. We get the opportunity to go somewhere else um, for our 100th episode. I'm not sure if I told anybody yet, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. We threw that out on oh, we did. 92, I think. Okay. So, so everyone knows that we're going to be hanging out with WCB for our 100th and uh, doing some work with Kurt and the boys over there.
2: We did just do some work with our buddy over at, um, at Combination Creative, Jordan Johnson. So you can kind of see what he's got going on for us. Um, huge thank, thanks to him. If anybody needs you know a facelift on any, any of their um, projects that they're doing, uh, their social media, um, whether you what, no matter what you do, um, he'll give you a facelift, a website. Uh, he makes music, videos, um, T-shirts, hats, logos, you name it, he does it. So go and check him out. Combination creative, Jordan Johnson. Um, can't thank him enough for what he does for us. So huge thanks to him. So, but, um, so what do we work with Jordan on? Um, nothing, nothing, not a thing. Nothing. Okay. Nope. All right. Nope. no, nope. they're going to have, we can't just let it all out. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I can let it out, but we no, just can't no, tell them how they can get it. Don't, don't let them out.
1: Okay. Just, just, just kind of leave it in the box. Okay. For and, sure. And we'll just and leave it in the box. They'll have to do their thing to get it.
2: That's right. <laughs> That's the way to do it. But no, Hey, you know, something kind of funny is, so I, I got the opportunity to finally sit in the latitude saddle in the air. I told you, I told you (laughs) game changer,
1: dude, my back instantly went from, Oh no, deer season and all day sits in the rudder coming to. Deer season and all day sits are coming.
2: (laughs) It's kind of crazy because like, you're kind of looking for those pinch points and those problems and the issues that you normally have in a regular saddle and they totally go away. Dude,
1: this thing is literally out of the box, ready to hunt. No customization needed. Throw it on, climb up the tree, hook in. You're ready to rock.
2: So what I did was I ended up buying a dump pouch from them because I run a dump pouch and I ended up buying, um, they have um, clips that go on to their saddle to like hang stuff off of or whatever, because my style of doing it with my shakar sticks from out on the limb, I take them and they have a loop on them. And I, so I put them on my saddle while I'm climbing. So I have one in my hand and then three are on my saddle and then I climb myself up the tree. I get up to the tree. I take my linesman off and I have my tethered up there. And then inside of my back from big white tails, um, I have my bow hanger and everything. And it's inside of my saddle. My saddle weighs less with all of my gear on it than any other saddle that I've hunted out of. Oh
1: yeah. And that's, that's a big part of what I threw in as in the intro or the, uh, the review video is just the sheer weight of this thing is insane I couldn't on top it. of attachments
2: and not even. So, and obviously it was a dry run, right? So I walked into where my stand would be in one of my spots because I wanted to get my sticks out of there. And cause I had a preset in there. So I literally put on my saddle, like I would from when I hunt to the tree stand where, or to my preset where I'm going to hunt climbed up there, set in unset, took down all my stuff and then walked out. Did you know that there wasn't one time from the walk in to my preset where I had to pull up my pants?
1: (laughs) That speaks for itself, dude. Cause I've never had a saddle that didn't happen.
2: It's mind blowing to me. I couldn't, I was honestly blown away for the fact that it was like having a weight belt on. It didn't move, it didn't go nowhere. It stayed tight. It didn't fall off, didn't slip, didn't not. It was insane, insane. I totally mind blown. I couldn't even fathom that that just happened to me. I literally walked around in the woods for probably forty five minutes, and literally nothing happened. Yeah. It my. It was just like it was there, and that was with it. With it had all my gear inside the dump pouch And yep. I, that my they're always falling off of me at that point See, and that that was the one only
1: concern i had with this saddle was okay it's a very thin rope belt thinking okay it's going to cut into you it's going to you know it's like having a rope wrapped around you but the way they built it the webbing and everything that it runs through it takes all that pressure off so it doesn't cut into you you can move that prusik knot from the left side, the right side, into the middle, wherever it's comfortable for you while you're walking, right. as well as in the tree. I mean, that's just a work of art, yeah. literally. No pressure points. You don't have the, the stack from the webbing where it's all sewn together that creates pressure points when you're sitting.
2: I mean, they built this thing like a tank. It's rock solid. Insanity. I couldn't believe it. I'm, I can't wait until deer season. It's going to make everything so much better for us. Oh, it really
1: definitely is. Definitely, dude.
2: So if you guys want to check them out, if you want to check out Steven's review, go to the YouTube side. Um, he's got a nice review page on there. I know you guys have heard this a million and one times, but for you guys that are living in the rocks and don't listen well, you can go on YouTube and kind of tune in over there and check that thing out. Uh, otherwise, if you guys are already sold, go to latitudeoutdoors.com and get years before there is no more. Um, and you you want to be practicing with these things. There's no question about it. Get up there, try it out. I mean, yeah, I'm a saddle hunter. I've been in a million and one saddles in a million different situations, but I still, I'm up in there trying it out. You know, you got to
1: make sure it's perfect. When you take months off, man, the most important thing is this time of year, you need to go out and get these things in a tree and get comfortable, get your method Mm -hmm. down, get everything smooth. So that way when season comes around, you're not fiddling and farting around trying to make sure things work. You're not dealing with dumb stuff. You just day one, you've got a method, and you're comfortable. It's
2: it's funny that you bring that up because me growing up, it was always grab your bow two weeks before, three weeks before season, shoot your bow, make sure it's on target, get yourself situated, go check your stands or whatever the case may be, get your climber ready. You know, wash. You know, I was always doing that a couple weeks before season, and when I became I mean, what's that? The five P's? Yeah. Is that what they call it, the five P's? And I mean, that's, that's literally now I try and prep myself all year long. I don't want to be that guy. Cause like opening day comes and then you're stumbling around for everything. So go and practice with your stuff, shoot your broadheads, shoot your bows. It's so important. Shoot your gun sight in your stuff. I mean, it's, it's very important. It's very important.
1: You should be familiar and ready to go.
2: Oops, sorry what you got there um i just can't put this thing down well it's a work of art it is it's gorgeous it's uh nor'easter's outdoor series ground tube
1: i can't seems- get over that
2: thing i know they're so cool they are so cool and he keeps coming out with more and doing different things, but there is some still for sale at nor'eastergamecalls.com. You can get yours now. Uh, it is the Elderborough, dyed Elderborough wood, Fox Elderborough wood with the Hungarian rosewood tubes. So go and check them out, nor'eastergamecalls.com. he has got a ton of stuff on there. You're not going to want to miss out on it. It's another thing you want to practice with. Just calling, making sure that you got the right tone, the right thing going on. It's That's an important thing to do before, uh, before the season comes. Uh, also no, uh, Gator outdoors. They are outfitting the working class for your ass. That's not really part of it. Just outfitting the working class. Um, go and check them out. They are an apparel company. Then they work with true timber also, which I am. That's one thing I am looking forward to this season is my true timber camo. Like I it's the price point is incredible. I'm actually wearing the pants right now. My turkey pants. I wore those into the woods today just so I didn't get all eaten up. Um, but they're packable down is something else for your cold weather. Um, I, I, I can't say enough about it. So going on over to Gator Outdoors dot com. Use promo code Outdoor Drive twenty five. Save yourself twenty five percent off of your entire order, no matter what you buy. They do still have the kill caps, like I said last week. Um, you buy the kill cap for twenty bucks, and you get a t shirt when you kill something and take a picture. How's better than that? It's like a buy one get one. Everyone likes deals, so make sure to get on over there and do that. Also, out on the limb, out on the limb, mfg.com Stephen, what do they have at Out on the Limb?
1: Oh, they got a little bit of everything. So if you want custom support for your mobile hunting needs, you can get everything from your Shakar sticks to your platforms to the hush tree stand if you don't want to go that route. Camera arms. We're talking everything from the light mobile hunter needs all the way to a 360 professional film camera arm. So go ahead and check them out out on com.
2: Hell yeah. Nothing better than that gotta get on over there i'm actually that's one thing i do i do love is my out of the limb platforms they are incredible and you got
1: options i mean for sure it's not a platform he's got multiple platforms
2: and he makes them an xl so for the newer saddle hunters or somebody that needs a bigger saddle um platform platform thank you very much <laughs> when you need a bigger platform you get on over there and you can get the XL, especially for the newer hunters. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. So
1: give you a little more comfort and security up there while you get used to, uh, trusting your saddle. It's a wonderful thing. Not to mention hundred percent made in the USA.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh man. How's the, have you, have you been out fishing or anything lately? I haven't been out near as much
1: as I would like.
2: I don't know why I'm yelling. I'm sorry.
1: And it, it, Kind of kicks me in the butt right now because I've got buddies sending me pictures of some of the wonderful stuff here in the river, getting in them deep waters. And I'm not going to lie. I'm just, frankly, too damn busy right now making sure I get things out of the way. So that way, when deer season comes around, I'm free to go. But uh, I am definitely going to try out and get some more. But we'll definitely touch on that a little bit in this
2: show. Absolutely. This gentleman that we have on, um, it it definitely, it was an an amazing podcast, honestly. Uh, Joe from the Outreach Fishing Program here in Connecticut. Uh, This is an amazing story. Somebody that, it's, it's next to none what he's doing. Saving lives, we go into a little bit of everything. And I know, you know, it's just, it's incredible that another veteran is out there helping another veteran. And, and the program that he does and getting guys out there and doing things for for, for veterans that have been through a little bit of everything.
1: Because this is a Connecticut-based nonprofit organization hell-bent on helping vets. So Absolutely. let's bring the Sarge on. Let's go. All right, here we go.
2: Shooter. Big buck. Stack, stack, stack. We're back on the phone from Joe from
0: Outreach Fishing. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well. Thank you guys very much for having me on. I really appreciate this.
2: Absolutely, man. We, we appreciate you coming on and, and doing it and taking the time. I know you're a busy man, got a lot, of, a lot of things going on. So it takes a little bit to spend time with us hooligans.
0: Not a problem. Not a problem at all.
2: Well, why don't we uh, get this drive underway? We'll turn this key. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a
0: little bit about what you do. All right. Well, my name is Joe Kowalski. Everybody in the fishing community knows me as Sarge. Um, been fishing most of my life. Uh, right now, I run a fishing outreach program for veterans. It's called the Major Stephen Roy Andrews Fishing Outreach Program. Uh, started it back in 2008. Um, my best friend, Major Stephen Roy Andrews, he was a B-52 pilot uh, during Desert Storm, and we literally grew up together. Um, from the time we were one or two we lived. he lived right across the street from me and we're both only children. So, you know, he was like my big brother, so to speak. Um, we did everything together and we got into fishing when we were like five or six and we just kept doing it all our lives throughout uh, our both military careers. Uh, he went in the air force, made that unfortunate mistake. I went in the correct service, of course, called the Marine Corps. And, uh, Managed to get stationed close to each other a couple times when I was out in California, he was out in, uh, Oh God, I can't remember the name of the base, but it's up 29 palms. No, that's one Marine Corps base. This was an air force base. I I can't remember where it was. Uh,
1: China Lake
0: up by, uh, San Francisco somewhere.
1: Oh, okay. I'm tracking.
0: I can't remember it, but we managed to get together a couple of times. He came down, I was stationed at camp Pendleton. He came down and, Stay. We did some fishing down there, and then uh, I went up and saw him up there. Um, damn! I wish I could remember the name of the base, but I don't see that's Anywhere what there.
1: that's what happens when Marines eat crayons.
0: Well, details. I <laughs> <laughs> eat something every now and then, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just that Better than MREs. We're good.
1: That's right. <laughs> so uh,
0: anyway, um, after he passed away from a heart attack in two thousand, and. I, we kind of both, I kind of stepped away from fishing for a while. I was doing some other things, dealing with my issues from the military. And 2008 rolls along, and I'm seeing my counselor in the office, and he's going, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean, what am I doing? I says, what are you doing? I said, well, I don't know, I'm fishing a lot. I bought a little ranger boat, and that was our dream. One of us was going to own a ranger one day. And uh, I managed to – I told ranger the story. Uh, Forrest Woods and Keith Daffron were own, owners of the company at the time. And they got me uh, down the road. They they wound up getting me this little 17-and-a-half-foot ranger. And I started fishing. And got back in it after Steve passed away, and I really got heavy into it. Um two, 2006 came along, and ESPN had this commercial on TV. If you love fishing, if you love to ride motorcycles, well, I'm watching my fishing shows on a Saturday morning. My wife looks at me and goes, "Well, duh, <laughs> send us a little video clip of why we should take you on the ultimate fishing motorcycling experience. I.e, the TV show was called Rods and Wheels." Uh, I got paired up with this attorney. From Tulsa, Oklahoma, by the name of Brad Beasley, who's we're to this day still good friends, and uh, poof, I got instant notoriety in the fishing world because of that show, and because of that show, um, around 2008 rolled along, and I was like I said, I was sitting in my counselor's office. He says, "Well, I'm fishing a lot." He says, "You need to do more of that," and I'm like, "Are you, you out of your mind?" Anyway, a couple days later, I'm out on the water and I'm fishing around and looking at nice, calm, relaxing, peaceful light bulb came on. All of a sudden I went to myself, you know, he's right. Um, Because I had a lot of severe anger and PTSD problems back then. Uh, Still have them, but thanks to Gary, got a way to manage them. Anyway, um, light bulb went off said you know if this helps me i wonder if it could help my fellow veterans so at that point i became obsessed i started doing some research and i checked out a a couple of programs that are around here but most of them deal with charter boats and going out for a day and there's nothing wrong with that, that that they're all great you know they take the guys out for a day catch fish have a ball bring them back and and it's cool but I looked at it and I went, well, at the end of the day, what do they have? they got a great memory. And again, nothing wrong with that. And I thought to myself, you know, I wonder if I could ask some of these companies for some rods, some tackle, some tackle bags, put together a little tackle pack for them, take them out on the water for a day, teach them how to use all this stuff, give them some knowledge on how to find fish and what to look for the, what I call fishing factors that are up on my website. And I've had a little help putting that together from all guys like Mark Zona, uh, Hank Parker, Skeet Reese, Bobby and Chris Lane, all top fishermen, Edwin Evers, uh, Zell Rowland, um, you know, other guys like that, that have all helped me out putting this, this little package together. Uh, Jason Quinn, um, And it's basically the eight fact eight fishing factors you look for when you go fish. Anyway, um, decided to put all this together and I became a 501 C three nonprofit. I asked Steve's mom, she was still alive at the time. She's the one that kind of gave me a whole bunch of money to get this thing started. And ever since then, Um, I've developed all these sponsors that have given me the rods, the reel, the line the tackle the baits, everything. And it's like a one-on-one fishing lesson with me for the day. I take the guys out, uh, teach them how to use all the equipment, give them all the information about where to look for fish, how to find fish. And it's a great day. But now at the end of the day, they've got the knowledge, they've got the equipment and they can give themselves what I call therapy. Anytime, time they need to. So it kind of works out real well. And, uh, that's pretty much in a, in a nutshell. I've been doing this now for since 2008, I think it's 14, 15 years. I've taken out roughly 340 vets, men, women, old vets, young vets, guys from world war II, Korea, Vietnam, the present conflicts my era, desert storm, the cold war.
2: That's awesome. I think that's absolutely incredible. How do you come, up, come about finding the veterans to take out on this program?
0: Most of them come from, there's up here in Connecticut, we've got three um, veterans hospitals. There's the Rocky Hill Vets Home, West Haven VA, and the Newington VA. And every April or so, I end of March, beginning of April, I put up flyers in those facilities along with the, I think there's four or five vet centers throughout the state of Connecticut they go out um so the phone starts ringing
2: that's awesome and And what what made you like really want to dive into just working with the people from from those from those places
0: 2011 I went to a what really got me going with this thing I went to a force I was part of a force reconnaissance unit in the Marine Corps And I now belong to the force recon associations. One of my good friends at the time was still on active duty. And he was a Sergeant major of the basic school down there. And I was hounding everybody and their brother to get me back in the Marine Corps. So I could go fight again. But when you're 60 pounds overweight with two bad knees, a bad back and Oh yeah, I just had open heart surgery in 2001. Hmm they kind of didn't think I would do too well. So I was talking to my buddy Dick and he pulls out this little three by five card with all these yellow lines on it. And I'm going like, well, what are all these yellow lines? Suicide prevention classes. I said, what the hell's going on? He said, we're losing 22 Marines a month to suicide. I said, are you kidding me? He said, no. I said, why? Cause these kids are coming home and they're feeling isolated. And he said, your program is probably the most important thing you can do for the Marine Corps right now. And that really kicked it in gear. And then from that point on, I started getting in touch with the OAF, OEF coordinators at the hospitals, um, talking to the people at, they call it the PERP program, uh, down in West Haven. I've worked with them a lot. So I get veterans call me from all over the place, you know, and uh, we get to take them out.
2: It's absolutely incredible. So, so what do you kind of, how do you, how do you go about like selecting the proper place to bring them fishing? Like, do you have like a certain lake that you go to
0: or. There's several. Um, I, I like to take them to, you know, primarily Candlewood Lake is where, it's where we're going tomorrow. Um, but there are other lakes throughout the state. It kind of depends on where they live because what I'll do is if I, I'll, I'll go pick them up, I'll go meet them somewhere and then we'll go to wherever. If they live in the eastern part of the state, uh, I go out to Amos Reservoir, or up to uh, Patchogue, uh, one of the lakes out that way, uh, Gardner Lakes, another one I use every now and then, Moody's Reservoir. Um, if they're in the central part of the state here, sometimes we'll use the Connecticut River, up uh, out of Hartford or out of uh, Weathersfield, or out of Hadam, depending if they're down that direction. Or I can use Lake Candlewood out in Danbury, um, Lake Lolanan, Lake Zor. Uh, Lake McDonough is a great one to go to, along with Lake Muramog. Uh Those are up in the north, uh, northwestern part of the of the state. So there's a number of different lakes. all depends on kind of where the veteran lives or what's going on or where he's at at the time.
2: So you kind of you you kind of, cater to wherever they are to kind of move around so so you're constantly going somewhere else and learning something new also
0: oh yeah well the the neat thing about it is it sometimes i'll go to a brand new lake i've never fished a thing before and at the end of the day you know we've got half a dozen good sized fish and i'm like whoa okay that was cool so it's a challenge for me to get these guys on fish and by knowing what i know and how long i've been doing this you kind of try and figure out where they are and what they're doing, whether they're up shallow, whether they're down deep, whether they're suspended in the middle somewhere, what's going on. And all the, the, the package that I give them with all the baits has got baits that'll virtually cover any water situation, any water clarity, whatever. So, How do you go about, like, What take us
2: through a day with with the veteran. Like, where does it start to, where does it end? Like, how do you go
0: about teaching them, showing them, like you? Okay. Usually what I'll do is I'll meet them somewhere. I like to get on the water no later than 7 a.m. So I'll meet them wherever is convenient for them. Uh, Like tomorrow, they're going to meet me at the CVS over here. Excuse me. And then uh, we'll get them in the truck, load everything up. And on the way out to the lake, I'll give them a little spiel about the eight fishing factors, which are weather, time of year, air temp, water temp, water clarity, barometric pressure, moon phase. And if we're fishing a tidal body of water, like the Connecticut river, the tide. And I'll go into detail on, on those eight things to kind of give them an idea on where to find the fish. Then I'll take a, I'll give them a little information about um, what I call the four basic food groups for bass, uh, which are worms, bait fish of some kind, uh, creature baits, which can be anything from frogs to small snakes to little salamanders to whatever, and crayfish or crawfish. So I'll give them all of that. And it's like a little speech. And then when we get out there on the water, we'll start. And I'll teach them how, how to tie uh, my the knot I love to use a lot as a polymer knot. So I'll teach them how to tie that so they can tie their own baits on back and forth um, and give them an idea of how the baits work, what baits are good for when and how, how to fish them properly. Uh, we'll spend all day doing that. We'll take a break for lunch for a little while. And kind of recap what we've done during the morning, and then spend a couple, a couple more hours. Usually, I call it at around three, three thirty in the afternoon, depending on you know what we're doing, or whether we're catching stuff or whether we're not, and kind of give them an idea and explain to them how we're get, catching these fish, why are they biting at this time of year, you know what's going on.
1: Gotcha. So I want to step back real quick. Uh, what sure. species are you targeting?
0: Most of the time it's largemouth or smallmouth bats, but gotcha. as long as they catch something, you know, if they perch crappie, candlewood lake has got some serious crappie, in they're like three or four pounds. These things are gotcha. Crazy. So yeah, you know, as long as they catch something, that's that's my main goal is to get let them get some.
1: Awesome.
2: No, that's definitely cool. And and why why did you choose largemouth? Like what was what was the attraction to largemouth? Is that your fishing?
0: large mouth and small mouth bass are what I started, you know, working on when, when mm-hmm. Steve and I were kids. That's what we fished for. Uh, I got into trout for a while, but I don't know trout. I, I tied my own flies and did all that stuff for a little while, but I just, I like fishing for bass better. It's a lot, it's, for me, it's more challenging.
2: Absolutely. I I, I guess if you, if you think so, no,
0: yeah. Oh, it can be, you know, there's been days you go out there and you come back without even having a bite. And it's like, Oh, what did I, you know, and I come back home. I start beating myself up. What did I do wrong? What did I miss? What did I forget? What should I have done? What should I not have done? Mm-hmm. You know, what should we have tried that kind of thing. So, it happens once in a while.
2: So in the dog days of the summer, like what kind of techniques do you do to keep them biting?
0: during the summer it's a lot of flipping weeds they're they're in the weeds so it's you know 65 pound braid eight foot flipping stick you know ounce and a quarter weight drop it in there get it through the weeds get it down to the bottom and hopefully you get one or two Mm -hmm. um with the guys we try and concentrate on the outside or the inside edges uh in the morning top water is good um those are the techniques. Drop shot. If you know if they're down deep, mm-hmm. if we find some down deep. We'll, we'll give a drop shot a try. Um, I have a system that I, I what I try and do is I try and start from depending on the time of the year, from either shallow to deep or deep to shallow, depending on where we're going. Like right now, depending, and it all depends on the water temperature. You know, if the water temperature is tomorrow, they should be somewhere in the seventies. Hopefully they're not up into the 80s and 90s yet, because that's when they're going to be buried in the weeds. Um, it's a lot cooler for them underneath a the weed bed or in uh, under lily pads, under boat docks is a good place to look for fish during the summertime. They just or down deep, just to stay cool. Yeah, yeah, they they, they like they prefer temperatures between 55, 50 to 55 to 70 to 75 you know and what i tell the guys is you know how do you feel when it's cold out you feel like doing anything no same thing with a fish you don't want it's going to kind of tell me what kind of presentation i'm going to use am i going to use a slow moving bait or a fast moving bait? if it's set you know 70 75 80 when it gets real hot outside again you feel like doing anything no same thing with a fish so they're going to uh I uh, might use a slower moving bait during the middle of summer when it's 90 95 with hundred percent humidity out, you know.
2: Absolutely. No, it makes absolute sense. Yeah. So I want to reel it back. Uh, that's funny. Reel it back. I see uh, what I, you did there. <laughs> um I wanna I want to talk a little bit about the show, the the reels and wheels.
0: Um, well, it's called it was called Rods and I did two of them. It was called Rods and Wheels. Um, like I said, I was sitting home on a Saturday morning having my coffee watching all the fishing shows. And a matter of fact, it was just after Jerry McInnes' show, The Fishing Hole, this commercial comes on. And it was from ESPN. It said, if you love to ride motorcycles, if you love to go fishing, send us a 10-minute video resume as to why we should take you on the ultimate fishing vacation experience. <laughs> uh, my wife looks at me and goes, well, duh. You know, I, after I got out of Marine Corps, I went to uh, MMI. I was a Harley mechanic for years. Oh, okay so I built uh built I, I got lucky i worked for a company in california we built the 1993 easy rider calendar bike called fatal attraction
2: wow it's that's on amazing. my
0: website you can see it
2: that's so cool yeah. that's so but awesome
0: i've so, been riding bikes most of my life as well
2: what's better than that harleys and, and fishing that's it doesn't get better than that so what exactly, what was the show about? And like, what are some of the things that you did and how long did it, well, how long
0: were you there? Like what, it, it, we filmed it in about um, almost two months. Um, that this was back in 2006 and it was called rods and wheels. Um, and the idea was to pair me up with a guy, Brad, uh, Beasley, he's an attorney down in Tulsa. They called him the boutique business attorney. And they called me the crusty old biker veteran, you know, and it was kind of the first time we'd met and it was the two of us becoming friends riding through the Southeastern part of the country. We started in new Orleans, worked our way up through Mississippi, uh, over to Georgia, up through South Carolina, North Carolina, down into Florida and all the way out to uh, key West. And we rode the bikes. And we ride a couple hundred miles from one fit. They had spots set up where we were going to go fishing. How we got there, that was up to us. The whole the whole TV crew with us, you know, they're in the motor home behind us. They think, oh yeah, we're going to get up on the highway and go. Uh-uh. back roads the whole way, and it was beautiful. What made you uh, choose the back
2: roads? Just because of the scenery?
0: Yeah, just because I I, I never really had gone through the South before, you know. There, being stationed at camp Lejeune and and that kind of thing. So I kind of wanted to wander around a little bit and see some of these places. So we went up through uh, the smoky mountains. We went into the, uh, God, what the hell was the name of that thing? Um, it was Jefferson Davis stonewall Jackson. And I think it was Robert E Lee. They have on like, it's, it's almost like Mount Rushmore, but it's down South. Right. Um, around by Asheville I can't remember the name of what they called yep. it but it was it was beautiful and we rode up through there uh and we did all kinds of fishing too it wasn't just for bass we went to one of my favorite lakes of course which is Lake Gunnersville. um and we fished for bass there but we also went to uh up by Asheville there is a trout river there three four pound brown trout we had a ball uh, we did some saltwater fishing down in Florida. We went out. Uh, we went out to Lake Okeechobee, which was another one of my hotspots. Um, that one was kind of special because I got to see Steve's mom, and I got to see Steve where his gravesite was, and that was real special for me because he's wow. buried down in Florida.
2: Totally amazing. I bet you that was a that was a tough one for you. I bet.
0: It was a bit of a tough episode. Yeah, um, I wanted to take a, a ride over while they were doing some other film work, and the guy said, "No, we want to film this." And I said, "Well, okay, but I'm not responsible because <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to deal with it." And they did Looked it right. A
1: disclaimer: Yes, yeah,
0: they did it right. Good. Um, now so- I, I got to ask
1: why you were down there, and, and with that situation, everything going there you had to have some kind of extremely incredible catch or story that went along while you were fishing in that area. It oh, never, yeah. it always happens. So what's yours?
0: We're at Lake Okeechobee. I'm on the front of the boat. Well, normally I'm used to sitting there. cause my, I've got real bad knees. So I have to sit down in a chair. So all he had was a little, uh, like a little pad. Uh, I can't remember like a lean pad or something like that bicycle seat gotcha so I felt the bite and I go to set the hook the next thing I know I'm looking up at the sky (laughs) fell off the back of the chair still got the rod in hand cigar in the mouth we're doing it right haul the fish in it's about that big it's like, oh my god! And we had a we had a fish count. You know, we were keeping our usual bet between Brad and myself was first fish, biggest fish, and most fish. Well, I was very happy for Brad because he wound up catching a seven. I caught a six and a half, I think, largemouth, and a little bit later on, he caught a seven one. And he would, the look on his face was just like, yep unbelievable so that was worth it for me to see him catch uh, because he was primarily a trout fisherman that's what we went trout fishing and you know i'm sitting there with the trout rod with half of the thing stuck up in a tree somewhere
1: (laughs) (laughs) and and you know what that all boils down to right that that was steve up above going i'm going to get you one more time
0: oh yeah oh yeah he's i have his mother um, before she passed away, gave me his flag and I have his flight helmet. And most importantly, I have one of his flight, his last flight scarf. Gotcha. And that's in my pocket. Every time I go fish.
1: Very nice.
0: That's amazing. It's, it's,
2: it's, it's so cool to hear that, you know, his, his legacy lives on with you, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you can see a lot of them, uh, the listeners can't see it, but on, on your left shoulder is is the on your jersey is the Air Force. Even being a Marine, you have the Air Force on you, and that's yeah, in yeah, the loving ready, memory of
0: Major Stephen Roy Andrews, mm-hmm. U.S. Air Force.
2: That's incredible. It's incredible. I, I, you know, I, I'm not military. Stephen is military. You're military, and I, I don't even that brotherhood that you guys have is something that is irreplaceable it you words can't even describe it sometimes when i sit back and hear stories and so on and so (laughs) forth that a lot of the military guys i mean even if you're not in the military together like even just brothers of like you guys just bond together at like a whole new level look when you bleed green you bleed
1: green
0: yeah exactly I mean, and we it, all. I don't care what, whether you know, you're black, white, pink, purple, polka dot, brown. What planet you fell off of, a rock you crawled out from under,
1: you bleed green.
0: You bleed green. That's it.
1: I mean, it, it, that's one of those things. You, it's hard to explain because I mean, we're different areas, or different eras, different battles, different conflicts uh 2006 or sorry 2004 to 2011. Okay. So I was in,
0: I, I was in from 1980
1: to 1993.
0: Gotcha. But different battlefields,
1: well, different places, technically same battlefield. Same <laughs>
0: battlefield. <yeah. laughs>
1: but, but uh I, yeah. The it, idea
0: and, behind it being that it's war is war. I don't care whether it was World War 2. Exactly. Korea, Vietnam, granada desert storm the present conflicts it's war it's stuff that plays in your head
1: exactly i've sent rooms with in the vfw with guys from every era and every era had a different hurdle to to jump you know different things to fight different scenarios and the conversation goes back to man it's like I can't believe you guys did that. And they'll turn around and say, I can't believe you, believe guys, you guys did that. Did that. Yeah. It's like you guys are nuts. Well, it kind of goes both ways, you know, cause every battle, like you said, combat's combat. It's going to suck. It's unpreparable. You just go into it and you deal with what's there and it yeah. creates a camaraderie that you literally cannot make anywhere else. There is no, no bigger frat fraternity in the world. No. other than in the armed forces. You know, and I may have never known you, but if I've seen something going on with you and someone's giving you a hard time, I'm going to jump in there and have your back simply because you bleed green. Same thing. And that's just how it works.
2: This is exactly what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> well, here's Here's the scoop. A long time ago, when I was a young Lance Corporal, we were on an op and one of the guys screwed up his leg and we're trying to split them up, get everything getting. Gunny Knowles came over to me, and a Gunny looked at me and he said, Way to go there, Lance Corporal. We take care of our own. And I never forgot that. And that's one of the other reasons for this program. Um, when everybody's telling me about all these young kids coming home and trying to commit suicide and everything, no, uh uh-uh. uh. Not after what they've been through. I want to help in any way, size, shape, or form I can. And the program I've developed seems to be the ticket to do it.
1: Oh yeah. It goes a long ways. Uh, I worked with a very similar situation when I came home. So I got back, moved to Arizona right after the economy was crap, there was nothing going yeah. on. And I ended up moving out here to Virginia and got linked up with an organization that took vets hunting. Well, I grew up hunting out West. You know, yeah. it's a different ball game. Than oh yeah, here I, in the East.
0: I was stationed out in Montana for a while, so I know what.
1: Yeah, that it's a whole different world from what oh, it yeah. is out here on the East Coast. And this organization kind of took me under their wing, took me out on some hunts, kind of showed me this how you do it, this is how properties work, private, public, all of this crap that doesn't exist out west. You know, you can't leave this property line, etc. and that's really what kind of brought me around and helped me get over some of the crap I was dealing with. Mm. But me being a, an able-bodied hunter and it was a passion and something I loved to do, you know, a year into it, I, all I cared about was, Hey, how can I pay this forward? You know, I can go, I can do this. I don't need a guide. Show me how to do it. I'll figure it out. But, what can I do to help the guy that doesn't or can't? So we started guiding vets on hunts. You know, we had a signature Turkey hunt named after Lance Corporal Chase Savage. He was a a double amputee. And, uh, that was our signature hunt every spring As we'd bring in guys from all over the country, take them Turkey hunting and kind of teach them how to do it. Here's some calls. Let's teach how to use them, try to get them a bird we'd do some deer hunts, we'd go up north and do some deer drives, you know, anything to get these guys out of their heads and into the woods is kind of how we looked at it. And it's the same thing. You're getting them out of their heads and onto the water.
0: Exactly. And there's something about, there's something about being on the water. I don't know. It's got some kind of a calming or whatever effect you want to call it. And it works. Oh, absolutely. You know, you get out there, and you, the only thing that gets me bent is jet skis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're not lying. <laughs> no, oh, you're not true. lying. You, you find those, pers- especially this time of year when that yeah. water is hot, and you're trying to get that deep water where it's cool, and them got, suckers come flying by. Oh, it's irritating.
0: I got it. I got a T-shirt that a buddy of mine, uh, matter of fact, he was one of my students at MCT out in California, and we hooked up, and he was doing the same thing, doing a veterans fishing tournament. And he had this T-shirt made up, and it's a bass boat with a guy on the front of the boat fishing. The guy on the back is on an M60, big old burly, you know, with a cigar hanging out of his mouth, hanging on the M60. And on his side is a stringer of jet skis, and and the caption underneath the things: "You keep fishing, I'll take care of the jet skis."
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's some swick stuff right there.
0: Oh yeah, so it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, I've, I've been spoiled. So we're right here on the Shenandoah river. You know, we've got yeah. some world-class smallmouth fishing, but yeah, this, oh, yeah. Like I said, this time of year, you want that deep, cool water. And guess yeah. where the jet skis are.
0: Um, If you guys don't mind, can I take a minute to just to mention some of my sponsors here? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd appreciate 100%. it.
2: And and, and um, go, go through what, what they actually donate also. Cause okay. I'm, I'm interested right. to hear kind of what, what they give to, to, to the group. Cause I, I, what the fishermen get when they come to you from these people. Okay.
0: Well, the first one that's been with me from day one is gamma. Uh, gamma makes line and Dale black owns gamma. Now all the line I want, whatever I need for line. He gives me, I usually use 10 pound copolymer line that he makes, um, or 12 pound, depending on where we're going to fish. Um, and he gives me all the line that I need. So, and usually they get, you know, a brand new rod and reel. Um, and the rod and reel is courtesy of Lou's. Um The cool thing about Luz, they have a program called the American Hero Program. And they have a whole signature series of rods and reels. That they've made that say American Hero on it. Well, for every one that you buy of those rods and reels, they donate the proceeds to veterans organizations like mine, like others. So they really do a great job down there at loose. and they've been with me for the last no, quite a number of years now. Um, also, Strike King, they give me all the crank baits that I that I get. I get. Um, I try and get these guys crank baits that will go. Uh, in each part of the water column. So they have some two to four dive type divers, some surface stuff, uh, spit and pops. Then they've got a medium runner and a deep runner. It'll go down to like 15 feet or so. And I gear a lot of it toward a pond. So that these guys can take this stuff and go fish ponds, uh, a number of jigs, um, Gary Yamamoto custom baits has been with me from day one, uh, I've met Gary a number of times. He's an awesome gentleman, and he gets me the Sankos, uh, shad-shaped worms, uh, hula grubs, trailers. Um, put all of that together with some of his hooks, and that works out great. Gets it, gets it. Tubes. They have this tournament tube. Yep. It's phenomenal. Oh Coriata yeah. Gets it. Gets me all the tubes I need. And they work phenomenal, especially this time of year when they're down deep.
1: Wonderful in them rocky edges. That little leech, too, on like
0: a quarter ounce or a 316 ounce jig head. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they work.
1: <laughs> You're naming off my tackle box here, man. You're yeah, giving well, away my secrets.
0: <laughs> this is basically the stuff that you know the um, the one I the, some of the ones Jewel Bait is another one. Gale at Jewel Bait's has been great to me. He makes this little five ounce jig and all it is is brown with a couple of strands of Emerald chartreuse. In it. That thing catches fish. Like there's no tomorrow. And he donates those to the program. Um, Plano. The guys at Plano have been great to me. They, every year they give me tackle bags so I can put all this stuff into the tackle bag. And they usually come with uh, a couple of 3,600 or 3,700 boxes Wow! Stand it up so we get all of that stuff. Um, the guys at Spro, uh, my buddy Sid Reeves over there, they got a new thing coming out. They call it the Flapping Frog. But
1: Sounds fun. Yeah,
0: what <laughs> Spro does is they donate all the hooks, Gamagatsu hooks, so that I can give each guy like 10 hooks of a couple of different sizes so they got the hooks all squared away. Um, My buddy Tommy a Team Tomcat, he does all the tube weights, the uh, shaky head uh, hooks, all of that. Um, And I kind of saved the the biggest for the last, but Ranger Bass Boats, uh, again, Keith Daffron and Forrest Wood, uh, when they were there, basically gave me a Z-119 which is custom awesome. marine core colors of, uh, lime, uh, the green lime green and sand.
1: Oh, so, so- they basically made it look like they're silkies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, then we had Tom Reynolds at Reynolds garage and Marine out here. Tommy, I can't thank him enough. He put the boat on his bill.
1: Wow. wow. That's and incredible.
0: That's incredible. So I basically got a boat with everything on it, and, and guys at Hummingbird Talent in Minn Kota gave me all the electronics and a trolling motor and a talent. Wow. Wonderful. Kimber just... Austin was out there at the time. Uh, her and Tim Price gave me everything
1: to put well, on so the boat. So I, I want to make a clarification, just for everyone listening. When, when he says, gave me, he's not saying they gave it to me. They provided oh. this to him to provide the vets with this opportunity. Yeah, He's taking them out on this. It's not a personal gain thing.
0: No, it's, it's got nothing to do. Is it my boat? Yes, it's my boat. But that boat's main purpose in life is to take veterans out fishing.
1: Exactly. And I wanted to clarify that for everyone. I don't want anyone sitting back going, Oh, this guy's getting free stuff. No, that's not how these programs work guys.
0: No. Well, this was back again. And this was also back in like 2013. Right. Those days with the pandemic and everything, those days are gone.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing is the boat's got to go under a name and it's got to be under a responsible holder. Who's going to maintain it to make sure that thing is seaworthy to get these guys out and do their thing.
0: Oh yeah. And well, that's, that's why the other great, you're the, the man. Other great thing about Tommy Reynolds at Reynolds garage and Marine. Um, they turn around and Tommy gives me a deal every year when I take it in for maintenance, cause that thing's got to run 24 seven.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, Yamaha, Yamaha motors, Dave Itner. Again, got me a 225 SHO after the motor I had on it originally was a Yamaha. It was an old used one that Tommy found for me that I was, I had to buy for 4,500 bucks. And then when that one blew up, uh, luckily I had it insured and I was able to get a motor, basically at cost so to speak. Awesome. And David made that happen. Uh, Matter of fact, he's got a new, I was talking to him. They have a brand new 250 SHO coming out, but the other big thing that they've got, they now have an app you can put on your phone. So if you have a Yamaha motor, they have this app you put on your phone and there's all your maintenance records right there. Awesome. And and the app alerts you as to when your motor needs maintenance. (laughs) So that's kind of a cool new deal. They just came out with it this year. Wow. Trev, you need that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm a 1988.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just going <laughs> to say, <laughs> you know, um, Wiley X every year gives me a couple of pairs of glasses to give away. at My, I do two tournaments a year, usually one in the spring and one in the fall this spring. We didn't have it. Of course, last year we didn't have it, but this right. fall and Wiley X has been great. They've, they've given me a couple pairs of glasses to give away for prizes at our, uh, at our tournaments. So do
2: you bring a veteran with you to fish the tournament or you just, you fish the tournament? I run it. Okay.
1: So, so real quick, not, not to tangent, but tell us about that. And we'll come back to the rest of the people in just a second. Okay. For people listening in the area, how they can get involved.
0: Well, a number of years ago, I got involved with Gaylord hospital over here in Wallingford, Connecticut. Yep. And Gaylord is, Nationally known as one of the best rehab facilities in the country. Yep. Um, they have a sports association program that they do all kinds of outside activities. Well, they had this program that they were doing where they were going to do fishing, kayaking, canoeing, water skiing, and all kinds of stuff. So I said, listen, you know, I got me and a buddy of mine, we can volunteer our boats to take these people fishing. Well, After doing all of that for a couple days, it got so overwhelming that everybody wanted to go fishing. My buddy, Al Geit, who also helps me out, he's a member of the Connecticut Bass Nation, uh, which I am also, but I'll I'll get into that in a minute. Anyway, we came up with the idea, why don't we do a separate bass tournament just for veterans? We get the guys from the Connecticut Bass Nation uh, to donate their time for the day. We'll get the vets from Gaylord Hospital, the vet centers, my program. We, get, On the average, we have anywhere from 20 to 25 vets that we've taken out. We've been doing this now for, I think this is going to be our ninth year. Awesome. And the tournament will be on Candlewood uh, the 21st of September. And it's a Tuesday. And it's, it's a fun day. You know, it's a fun tournament. Veterans come out. The guys take them out. It's a one-on-one gig. They go out, they fish for the day. Um, We start usually eight o'clock and we're done by two. And then we have uh, prizes for first, second, third and plaques and that kind of thing. And it's worked out really well. Hmm. Awesome. That's awesome. So that's how that works out. Um, The other ones that have donated to my program are Navionics. They gave me a couple of charts way back when that uh, they keep giving me updates to. Um, Mustang, Survival gave me a couple of, uh, light fest oh. so i got the light vest for that um oh bass boat saver wonderful product that, that my boat is coated in it <laughs> paul paul gave me a whole bucket of that to uh a big five gallon bucket to keep the boat looking good and uh my buddy team at uh, Tom, i mentioned him before team Tomcat. Is,
2: is that the the best the best boat saver is that an external or internal
0: external you spray okay. it on and wipe it off It cleans it also protects cleans polishes and protects mm. the boat so that works out real well that's awesome well, it seems like you yeah. got a pretty good
2: group of guys that help you out
0: yeah the one thing I'd, I'd like to say about all these companies, again, and I'll list them down Yam, uh, Gamma, Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits, gets It, Hummingbird Talon, Mincota, Lose and Strike King, Jewel Baits, Plano, Ranger, Yamaha Motors, Reynolds Garage and Marine, Spro, Wiley X, Bass Boat Saver, Team Tomcat, Mustang Survival, and Navionics. They all care about veterans. So please. They support our vets. Go support them. I can't Absolutely. say enough good stuff about them. Thank 100%. you guys for giving me the opportunity to say that.
2: Absolutely. I, You know, so obviously with working with the vets and yourself, I mean, what was kind of one of the most memorable times that you've had or one of the ones that kind of jumps out at you? Um, when
0: I, I guess it was about my fourth or fifth year. I was working with the – what they call a PERP program in New, it was based in Newington at the time. And they get like 15, 20, 20 vets to come into the thing. And what it stands for is post-traumatic stress, residential rehabilitation program. It's a three month in-house program and you live there. And there was this young guy that was, he had severe PTSD. Um, he, he, and it was on the rocks with his wife, small, young kid. And I took him out and we talked and I, I believe he was in the army. If I remember right. And I took him out fishing and he just fell in love with it. Had a great day at the end of the day. Say goodbye. All right. Take care. If you never need me, call me <clears throat> about three months go by. I get an email with a picture and it's him and his son holding up a bass with the with the rod and everything I gave him. And the caption to this day still gets me right to the heart. He said, Joe, thanks for giving me back my life. And I was like, wow. And that's one of the most memorable ones I've had. There have been others. Uh, excuse me a sec
1: you're just fine brother and i know what you mean mm. sometimes something so simple goes a long ways
0: yeah it does the other young man that we took out was a young marine mike kelsey young corporal blown up twice in iraq my kind of guy oh yeah and i took him out fishing And Mike went head over heels. I call him my little brother at this point. And when I pass, hopefully that won't be for a while, but when I do, it's in my will that he gets the boat because he wants to take over the program for me. So I'm hoping it will continue.
2: That's incredible. Yeah. So, so you've met some some guys that have became very close friends of yours. Oh, yeah. In the it's, uh, yeah. It's just as good for them as it is for you, it sounds like.
0: It makes me feel like I'm doing something again to help out my Marine Corps and all the services in general. I mean, you know, and I don't care, like I said, whether you're um, old, an older vet, <clears throat> a newer vet, whether you're male, female, whether you're handicapped, disabled, it doesn't matter. Um, matter of fact, one of the other memorable ones I took out, and you guys probably know who he is. Have you ever seen that commercial for uh the 24 hour medication that blind people take? Yep, with the dog. Yep, that's his dog Ranger. That's Mike Malarcy. Okay, when he got the dog, he got the dog from the Fidelco guide dog company up here in Connecticut. Gotcha. And while he was here, I got a phone call from uh, one of the girls that used to work there. She's now uh, on the Channel Thirty News, Heidi Voigt. And Heidi called me and said, "You know, he's hadn't been fishing since he was a kid. Could you take him out?" I said, "Sure." We went out to Lake Candlewood, and he says, "How are we going to do this?" So I sat him in the back seat, and I said, "Okay, this is your twelve o'clock." This is your three, that's your six, here's nine. You throw the bait to the position I tell you. Okay. Remember the little tube I mentioned, the little gets it tube? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So he throws the thing out there. Sarge, yeah. What's up, Mike? I'm stuck. And the line starts moving this way. <laughs> you ain't stuck. Caught a nice two and a half pound smallmouth. Oh, awesome. awesome, and that was cool. I said, Don't tell me I can't take a blind person fishing.
1: No, I I know that way and it, it's such a misconception because everyone goes, he's blind, he can't go do certain things. I will call absolute bullshit every time. Exactly. Last fall, I had the opportunity to take a guy up to Maryland right after hurricane Irene, we were in the tail storm of it just as it was passing Winds at 30, 40 and sent on a dove field. And I took a blind guy and we shot two dubs. Cool. And you tell me a blind guy can't do something. The guy shot two dubs. Most people that have two eyes can't shoot two dubs. <laughs> it's possible the right guidance and the right help. They can do anything anyone else oh, yeah. can do
0: it works it's you
2: totally know? incredible
0: so I go ahead steve i'm sorry oh
2: Trev? no I, I was just saying how how incredible the program that you have going on and what you're actually doing i think it's i think it's next to none and you know there should be more more out there like you like I, I i gotta
1: ask though when he realized that was a fish on the line you gotta tell me like that. a christmas tree exactly that's what I was going <laughs> it <was for>.
0: hysterical. <laughs> Uh, oh my god i said mike you got a fish
1: yep bring him in that's it yeah because that's something that those folks they don't think they can get out and do you know they don't they don't believe that it's a possibility and then you get guys like you that'll take them and show them what they're capable of and that that's life-changing
0: yeah it's, I, well, I don't know about life changing, but you know, a, a, a friend of mine, a guy I met quite a number of years ago. His name is mad dog. Um, his real name is Dale Messmer. He had a program called stop. Um, it's called straight talk outreach program where he talks to kids about drugs and stuff at schools. And he had a saying that he told me, he said, you know, if I can get one, to save one kid, I'm just like the vitamin company, one a day.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: And I've, I'm the same way. You know, if I can, if I can do the same thing with veterans, uh, especially with some of these younger kids coming home that are, you know, wanting to try to commit suicide, let me introduce you to the sport of fishing. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you like it, you know.
2: One of the things that I've kind of like, you know, sitting in the background kind of learned – from friends that are in the forces and stuff and hearing kind of stories. We, we actually had a, something happened to a Marine in the last week. Um, and I find a lot of times, like, how do you connect with, with some of them to get them out? Because a lot of them, they don't want to, they don't want the help or they're not going to reach out when they have a problem.
0: Sometimes I'll hear about something, I'll get a call from a friend, a girlfriend, a wife, a relative, you know, hey, would you take my boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, whatever, out fish? I said, Well, tell me what's going on. Well, he's been real distant lately, yada, yada, yada. There what's it is. his number? Let me give him here's my number, have him give me a call, or I'll give him a call.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, and a lot of times, uh again, VFWs the American Legion, my Marine Corps league, all of that, you know, Hey, we got this kid that you need to take out fish. Okay. Done. Yeah.
2: Cause I, I know like you hear, you hear the, you know, the story, especially, you know, you said the, the Marines that commit suicide. Seth, captain Seth, the one that I work with, he just lost his best friend that he was at war with committed suicide and they didn't even know it. And they talked all the time and then just, one, one thing happened and he he, he committed suicide and Seth was kind of lost because he didn't reach out or where there could have been something that he could have been able to help him or so on and so forth, but it just, it didn't happen. So it's kind of crazy. And, and especially with, you know, with what you're doing, you, you can save a lot of lives.
0: You know, I, wow. Thank you. Um, Trev, that kind of hit home here. Um, I guess what I I'm just an old recon sergeant that's you know trying to still look out after his troops. You're doing a hell of a
2: job, Joe. You're it's all we can do, job, brother. Man.
1: It's all we can do. We sit here and yeah. do it for them. And if we can influence one impact, that's a good life.
2: Keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep doing what you're doing, because you're doing it right. Obviously, all the memories that you shared with us, they mean something. You, you've met some really amazing people. You're doing the right thing. You know, I got
0: lucky um, because of that TV show. And then in 2011, I got approached to do another one, which is what this one says is the American hero experience. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, That was, I, I went down to new Orleans for the Bassmaster classic that year. Um, One of my old sponsors, uh, US real brought me down there. And we went to the classic, and um, Keith was there. Keith used to be the MC for the uh, Bassmaster uh, Elite Series. Um, and he says, "Sarge, I got this idea I'm working on." I said, "Yeah, what do you need?" Well, would you be willing to help us? It involves veterans. I said, "Sure." Let me, you know, let me know. Didn't think anything of it. A couple months later, he calls me up and says, "Hey, we're sending you a plane ticket to Orlando." or that's where Steve is buried, Orlando, mm-hmm. and his mom's there. So I'm like, yeah, cool, you know, on one condition. I can take a day and scoot down and, and see Mrs. Andrews, maybe take her out to dinner and go visit Steve. He said, yeah, not a problem. So we get down there, and there's all the big wigs from everybody, including uh, this guy from NBC. So I went in, and I, you know, everybody's in suits and ties and, here I come, a cutoff T-shirt, Harley shirt underneath that, pair of jeans. Behind me is I had just got back from a tournament down in Maryland with where they took a lot of the young Marines out from uh, Bethesda yep. and brought them up to the, uh, the Naughty Goose was the place.
1: I know where you're talking.
0: Okay. That uh, was Chesapeake Bay area there Yep, for a tournament. We uh, do a
1: lot of stuff in there.
0: Yeah, Joby Poster was uh, the Marine that ran that thing. Anyway, um, I was there, and I had all these pictures of all the guys in wheelchairs and all that kind of stuff and everybody. While I'm talking to all these big wigs out, and from the first words out of my mouth to all these heavyweights in the industry is, listen, I don't need you to wave your hats. I don't need you to say, oh, poor, poor us. No, 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 no. I need your money and your time. And if you're not willing to give me that, there's the door. Don't let it hit you in the ass on the way out.
1: Hell yes.
0: Well and, said. You know, and Keith and and uh Jason, the, the two producers of the show are going like, God, he's on a roll. Let him go. He's on a roll. <laughs> so I got done with the little speech. I said, I hope I helped you guys out, you know, to get your TV show started and rocking and rolling. So I'm outside having a scotch and a cigar, and out comes Jeff Macaluso from the NBC Sports Network. And he sits there; I had no idea who he was. And we start talking. And he said, That was some pretty potent stuff he said in there. I said, Well, yeah, I meant it. He says, Sarge, I'm going to put their TV show on. And you are, and told me who he was. And, you know, he was the director of programming for the NBC Sports Network at the time. He said, We're going to put this show on TV on one condition. What? You be part of it.
2: Oh, gotcha. <laughs> you knew that was coming. <laughs> gotcha. And
0: I already had my 15 minutes of fame. I'm done. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that was the condition. I said, okay. So, what they came up with was a part of the show that they specifically did for me, which was called Beyond the Experience. Uh, and uh, what I was doing would focus in on groups like myself that are taking veterans out through fishing somehow, some way. And it was pretty cool, and I ran from 2011 to 2013, and along the way, what we were doing was finding veterans. Uh, one example is John Hayes. John was an EOD, he was a gunnery sergeant. Uh, blown up uh, both his legs, uh, some, of his, some of his hands. <clears throat> anyway, we wound up building him a house. Awesome courtesy of help from the Semper Five Fund. And we would do that kind of thing. So my part of the beyond the experience was that while they were out on the water with whoever I'm in the background, you know, getting everything together, trying to figure out what we're doing. And we highlighted some different uh, groups that were doing stuff with veterans. One was the Irish water dogs down in Florida. Huh. Anyway, that was that, that went on for a couple of years, but they surprised me with my own show. And, uh, Bobby Lane and I, to this day are good buddies. Awesome. Bobby took me out on Lake Toho and we had a ball. That's awesome. We just had a ball and it was one of the greatest experiences I've had, but the, the people I have found in the fishing industry are genuine, especially the fishermen and these people really give a damn about veterans, which is what I really appreciate. they
2: should well you know i got one last question for you sarge okay what drives you outdoors
0: um i grew up in the 60s we didn't have the internet there were three channels on tv and if the president was speaking your night was screwed (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's it you know we were outside all the time i it was back in the day when you know you got you came home did your homework from school and then you went outside and you played and we went fishing we went played basketball football baseball street hockey you know even during the winter we went out to the ponds i skated played hockey on the ponds um and steve and i we went fishing uh, There's a couple of ponds around a house. We finally got a couple of the old Sears banana bikes and we'd ride all over town going fishing. When we got older, he got his license before I did. I got the bass boat before he did. Uh, found this little, uh, I got to tell, tell this. This is a good story. I got this little, like a 12 foot John boat that this guy had converted into a bass boat. A couple of live rockers, the pedestal seats, the foot control. Uh, I think it was a moto guide motor at the time and a little 10 horse Johnson on the back of it. We took that thing all over the state of Connecticut. One one day we decided we're going to go fish Bantam Lake. Well, Bantam Lake has got the Bantam river that goes up into it. And I got this brand new little frog. And he looks at me. I put tied that thing on. He said, you ain't going to catch squat on that frog. Well, we go up the river and on the corner of the rivers, a set of lily pads. Well, I threw the thing over the lily pads, reeling it back nice and slow. Boom. Boom. Two pound large mouth. It was hysterical. Wonderful. So anyway, fellas, that's my story and I'm sticking to it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like it, man. I like it. Well, real quick. Where can everybody find you? How can they uh, reach out if they have questions or if they want to get involved with something like, "Hey, we want to provide a boat for the tournament" or, you know, what can we do to support the program? How can they get a hold
0: of you? Well, um what they can do is I have a website, it's fishingoutreachprogram.com. They can try and get a hold of me through that or they can call my phone number, which is 860-966- six, seven, seven, eight.
1: Outstanding. Well, we will make sure to push that out and see what we can do to support your efforts. Because I mean, it's a valiant effort. It's something that means a lot goes a long ways for a lot of people.
0: Just to let everybody know all the money I get um, goes, it, I, I have, I'm a one man show. So I, I, again, I'm a 501 C three nonprofit, but the donations I receive um, and I want to mention a couple of people real quick, if I could. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, UBI credit union, Jersey Joe's bar and grill, the Hayman law firm and Cromwell automotive over the past number of years. Uh, I think I'm doing this for my 28th year this year is called the biker report which is a service I provide to the biking community in the state of Connecticut. And I have a website for that called the with a list of all the events that are going on in the state, try and keep it as current. Anyway, those people provide me money every year for them to sponsor the biker report, which in turn goes straight into the program, which now I have money to pay the, the only administrative costs I have, are the insurance on the boat, a couple of oil changes for the truck, everything else goes into the 38-gallon gas tank on the boat and the 38-gallon gas tank in the truck. And the <laughs> boat runs on high test.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't getting any cheaper these it days. Ain't get, uh,
0: thank you, uh, Curtis. Well, we won't get into politics. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm with <laughs> you, brother. I'm with but, you. We, we all with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I but anyway, um, So I figured it out, depending on the price of gas, it costs me anywhere from 100 to 120 bucks every time I take a bet out. And that's for, you know, wherever I have to take the truck and the boat to go get them, gas for the boat, that kind of thing. But the only expenses I really have is the insurance and a couple of oil changes and maintenance on the boat. That's it.
1: Awesome. Well, sir, I call that money well spent. That $120 may just change a life. So-
0: well, the way I look at it, it's like this, you, you know, you give a man a fish, he eats for a day, you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime.
1: Yes, sir. You
0: can, you can donate to any other program out there on the planet, but you donate to mine and I'm going to give a veteran therapy for the rest of his life.
1: That's right. And it, like I said, it goes a long ways and there's really no better way to give back. And you hear that a lot. How can we, what can we do? How can we give back? What can we do to support, you know, both our current and our past troops? This is one incredible way that you can do exactly that and help change a life, help save a life. So I strongly urge all the listeners out there to look these things up. The links are going to be in the descriptions. We will have everything below. Make sure you do this. This is the kind of stuff that goes much further than clicking a subscribe button or liking someone or buying a product. This is the life we're talking about. So follow along, jump in there, do everything you do to support the Sarge here and his hard work and effort. And uh, guys, take this to heart. And with that being said, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.